Talking Finance with Brian Hirsch, making sense of your finance. It's eight after ten o'clock. Welcome to the third and final. Uh, no, the, the the second hour. It's not the third and final hour. But after meeting Brian Hirsch, I'm ready to give it a wrap. You know, I'm ready to have the conversation and call it a day. Yeah, and look at you. You're, 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 you're missing words, and you're you're getting all confused just because I come into the station. Exactly. Two years. You know, it seems I can't believe what happened over the last two years. It just seems to have gone. It, it, but great to be back with you, it's, Kathy. It's, great. It's actually crazy, Brian, to think that um and and. And I think we're going to be hitting two years uh, in March or in May. One, one of the two. I can't recall exactly. And and I should remember because, you know, it, it was one of those uh, decisions that resulted in me being here every single morning. But in March, it's going to be two years uh, since I've been doing this program. And it was, you know, during that time that we started to experience the lockdowns. And you and I thought... It was just going to be a week or two postponement. And it literally has been two years since we've been able to do the show from the studio. Yeah, look, I feel a lot safer. I've been boosted. I've had my, my vaccinations. Mm. I've had my booster. Mm. Uh, in December, I got COVID, but I didn't even know I had it. Uh, fortunately, I, I tested positive because my grandson, I went uh, with him because he wasn't well, and he was tested positive. I got tested positive. I was lucky. I didn't have any symptoms, but I've been pretty good during those two years locked up at home mm. uh, haven't gone out very much but uh, I, I can tell you great grateful to be vaccinated and yeah. that's why I'm feeling so much better and so lovely to be back in the station I can't t- explain to you how the 20 minute drive to the station and from the station mm. gives me that bit of relaxation I can actually sit in my car and listen to music because oh, when you're at home and yeah. you're working or when you're in the office you don't have time yeah. so really great to be back oh, great to have you in studio Brian so uh, as always we're going to be getting into some of uh, the questions that you may have for Brian. Uh, I see some of you already uh, starting to bring in some questions on the WhatsApp note before, uh, on the WhatsApp line rather. And just a quick reminder of that line, you can send those messages and voice notes on 0614-104-107. We'll also take your calls a little later in this half hour on 011-714-2006. But of course, Brian is going to whip us into financial shape as he does every Tuesday. And today we're talking about not losing sight on one's long-term financial goals, especially in times of, of turmoil. And that can be so hard to do. Generally, not losing one's focus in anything in times of crisis is, is hard, but more so uh, our finances, Brian. Yeah, you know, Kathy, there are two strategies one adopts. One ours has adoption where I want income, or otherwise I want growth. And in some cases, it's a, con- it's a combination of both income and growth. And p- there are more and more people who get concerned and you actually move from being a financial advisor, a financial nanny, you become a financial psychologist when these are the times. And if you look what's happening, first we had though, over the last few months, the fear of inflation in America, the fear of high interest rates. We've seen inflation picking up in South Africa. And now we've got the, the turmoil in in, in, in Ukraine. Ukraine and uh, and Russia. And I must tell you, I don't think people really realize what a big producer 
Ukraine is of all the different metals and minerals and all the different things. And one should look that up. It's absolutely critical. So people get, you know, people don't like to lose money, particularly those who are looking for growth. And, and let me say this to you. When we talk about growth, people say it's got nothing to do with me. It's not correct. If you've got a pension fund, your pension fund is linked to growth assets. If you've got retirement annuities, if you've got endowment policies, if you're invested in unit trusts, you are looking for long-term growth. And it's a question of understanding what your time horizon is and everyone has got a different time horizon you ask a 19 year old what his time horizon he'll tell you one day short term three days is medium term and a week is long term difficult to make long term decisions with that time horizon and and I think I've told you about my grandmother who at 99 got a call and they said to her we want to talk to her about investments and she said well let me tell you about my time horizon because my grandson has taught me for me one week is uh, short term two weeks is long term medium term and three weeks is long term, you see I am 99. So everyone between that, between Mm -hmm. a 19-year-old and a 99-year-old has a different time horizon. Mm -hmm. But if you're trying to achieve long-term growth, you're not going to get it by investing in the banks. You're going to get certainty in the banks, you're going to get security in the banks, but you're not even going to beat inflation. And, you know, even salary increases that people hope for, I mean, if you, you know, today if you get a salary increase of 6 or 7%, the first thing that comes out of that salary increase, if you're working for a company, is part of that goes to the pension or provident fund. Then the next part goes to tax. So by the time you've got the 4 4.5%, 5% real rate into your pay packet, mm. with with inflation running at these levels and with interest rates, which I've been speaking about now, interest rates starting to move up, people are starting to feel very scared. But for those with growth assets, this is not the time to react. And just because, you know, so many people, just because a venture or investment worked in the past does not necessarily, that strategy will move into the future. And I think very much about a comrade runner, you know, mm-hmm. the comrades is run and, 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 and people who have reached in the lead, reach the end goal, the fence, the, the, the stadium mm. in P- Peter Maritzburg on Durban. I don't know if you've seen them. They've crawled round the rink to get to the finish line because they set their goals at getting to the stadium. That was not their goal. Their goal was the finish line. And the, you know what it's like? Sometimes you, that's what investment is about, understanding your goal, understanding what you're doing with your investments. And so don't worry with all the noise because markets recover. Just interestingly enough, another thing people are concerned about is interest rates globally. Mm. Interest rates have moved up 14 times in America since 1954 to today. And only once in that 14-time period have markets not performed when interest rates are moved up. The Americans have spent trillions on getting the economy going. So have Europe, so has Japan, China, all these places. They're not going to screw up these economies and send them into into a recession. Mm. They're certainly not going to do that. So I just say to investors, if your investments are down, these are great times to be investing when things are down. Always better than when things are top because markets go up and down. But the biggest, the big mistake that investors make is to change their long-term investment uh, goals halfway. Um, I understand, understand unexpected events can occur. So all I'm saying is, yes, a lot of noise at the moment. You hear it on the radio, you hear it on the TV, you read it in the press. 
just if your long-term goals, even though markets are down and maybe you think your investments are a bit off, because I'm getting a lot of calls from people mm-hmm. who've been invested in Satrix, because I've been advising good way for people to put money away is in Satrix. It's a very innovative, it's co- it's it doesn't cost a lot of money, and it's a good way. But mm-hmm. Satrixes are down at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying, just carry on with your strategy. Don't worry about the noise. Hopefully, they will resolve, because I was absolutely amazed to see what advantages Ukraine have in terms of what I just said for the rest of the world. And I, I think they're the second largest area in Europe. They, 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 they're number one in so many exports of commodities and production. So, uh, you know, but whatever happens, it doesn't affect you. Companies like Amazon, Tesla, uh, Visa Card, uh, Estee Lauder, Richmond, uh, Burberry, those companies... If whatever happens, those companies will just continue growing. Mm-hmm. They've got a lot of capital reinvested in their business, so people shouldn't worry. Brian, I want us to just focus on the issue of growth assets. What can be considered growth assets? Well, property would be a growth asset. Equity would be a growth asset. And then various other alternatives, hedge funds would be considered growth assets. The, the, the non-growth assets is where you get certainty and security. In any growth asset, you buy a property, you hope to make money. I'm not talking about where you live, but if you buy investment property, you hope to make money, but you do know it's not short-term. You know it's long-term. You can't buy a property today and sell it tomorrow. So any asset that doesn't have a fixed return and a guaranteed return is a growth asset. Anything that has a fixed or growth or, or guaranteed return is something much more this, down the scale as conservative. Mm-hmm. And, and elder people, a lot of elder people need that. They want certainty and security. They can't have this fluctuation. They've had a terrible time, whereas so many South Africans are out of work, don't think pensioners haven't battled. Mm. People struggle to retire, and they retire on small amounts, and inflation has really hammered their savings, and their little bit of savings they may have got from their pension funds that they've invested in interest-bearing accounts has not materialized. So we're seeing interest rates moving up. Very good for pensioners, very good for people living off fixed income, terrible for working South Africans because their debt costs are going to go up. I want us to also explore this uh, this uh, comment that you made, and it's about investing when things are down. And you talk about how Satrix has been down uh, recently. So what should people actually be investing in? Well, they should carry on investing because you don't only want to buy when things are up. If you take a triangle and you invert the triangle into that format, you can see, but listeners can't, invert it. Even if you're buying when things are down, eventually, and and no one can call time. People can tell you markets will recover, investments will recover, but no one can say whether it be one month, six months, 12 months. So if you're buying even at the lower levels, eventually when that turns, all those amounts you've bought, even though they're dropping, when markets recover, you will be making mm-hmm. money. If you do a other triangle and you've been buying uh, all along the way and then markets fall, you lose. So it's always a good time to be investing when times are a bit tougher. Uh, Warren Buffett, the great investment guru, says very simply, time to invest invest is when there's blood in the streets, Mm. when people are jumping out of buildings. We haven't had that since 1929 when the Wall Street market did crash, people jumping out of buildings. Um, But all I'm saying is, Never a bad time to invest. Don't try and long term. Don't try and time the market. Mm-hmm. It's time in the market when you buy. You know when you buy property, you know it's long term. When you buy Satrix, it's a long term. It's not short term. It's not a savings account. 
certainty and security stick to those guaranteed products. There have been some concerns about the fact that uh, South Africa may well enter recession this year. Of course, these are just some of the broader debates that are taking place now. Are you concerned about that? Do you see that as a high likelihood? Well, it's a possibility. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. people are struggling in South Africa. And, uh, you know, those that are not working, we've got government grants going on for another year. There's going to be a whole debate whether that will, how long that will continue for. Very, very important. People receiving government pensions are getting very low pensions, less than 2,000 rand a month. Uh, businesses are struggling. Consumers, if interest rates rise, are not going to have the sort of money. But I can tell you, we've got great companies in South Africa, great management, really have. South African managers who go overseas looking for jobs get snapped up. So we do have some great companies. And with what, what, and what was said in the State of Nation address, if just some of those things can be fulfilled, some of those things, I think we could actually do a lot better. The expectations is growth is going to be very low this year next year, lower than the, than, than the growth in population, which is always the problem. We're finding interest rates moving up. That's sometimes going to cost companies more to borrow. And, and, then, and then, unfortunately for me, some of the labor laws in this country need to be relaxed a little bit. You know, companies need to employ the right people. And if the right people aren't there, the same as way, same as we talk about our cabinet ministers, you need the right people in charge. You need the right people directing. And if people can't do the job, then they should be replaced. And that's very much in business. And business can't even do that because of the difficulties today and all the cases that go to the CCMA. So some changes, we've heard about it. Let's hope this, this year that some of those changes come to fruition. And next week I'll be talking about the budget because the budget is the 23rd. I'll be talking about some of the things that we could expect in the budget. And let's hope, you know, we've collected a lot more in tax. Mm. We haven't imported as much as we used to. So therefore, our balance of payments, our balance of trade are looking a lot better. In other words, we've exported more and we haven't imported. I'm not sure how much extra we borrowed because and what our tax collections are all about. So all those things mm. fit into the last package to see. And hopefully we can stable for recession and try and, you know, a recession is two quarters of negative growth. Hopefully we can see that uh, w- even if it's small, Business mm. confidence has, has risen. So there's every reason why we can be a little bit positive. And that's unfortunately for the group of people who are working and can afford to live. We're talking finance with Brian Hirsch. I'm going to be taking your calls for Brian on 011-714-2006. On the WhatsApp line, I see some of your messages already. Uh, I'll be reading those out to Brian and also taking your voice notes on 0614-104-107. Talking finance with Brian Hirsch, making sense of your finance. We continue the conversation with Brian Hirsch. I'll be taking uh, your calls shortly. Before we get to the voice notes, Brian, I've got uh, quite a number of messages for you. I'm going to kick it off with Anonymous in Bloemfontein. It says, hi, uh, Kathy and Brian. We've been under debt review for one and a half years and have been paying the administrator uh, consistently. We We only got the court order last week which doesn't reflect our already paid money in the past year and a half. It indicates that we only started now, whereas we've been paying for so long. Is it normal and what can we do at this stage? Yes, well, the, the court order is purely confirmation 
of debt review. But if you've been paying during the last period of time, from the time you you start first consulted with a debt review consultant until you got the court to agree, all it did is ratify what you've been telling all your creditors. So all those payments need to be taken into account. You need to get your debt review specialist to actually go back and find out exactly what you do owe. You know, it's like you, you started with a balance, you've made payments, and you think the balance is the same. Everything you've paid that's been paid across to uh, the different creditors will definitely be credited to your account. So he shouldn't worry that the court order looks the way it does? No, no, because you, I don't need to tell you, you know, you couldn't go to a court, it can take months. Mm. So, yeah, but at this point in time, you need to check with the different uh, creditors, the people you owed money to, is what is the outstanding balance. And you should see that money's paid across, unless what the debt review specialist charges would be credited to your account. I've got another question here, uh, Brian, and it, it says, please, can you comment on Fundisa ending? Yes, I'm a little bit disappointed in that because I promoted Fendisa about 12 years ago to our listeners. It was a fantastic educational plan. It was put together by Nedbank to start with 200 rand a month. Uh, you put in and they, they added every year 25% bonus to that 200 rand a month. So wow. you invested 2,400. They, they, you, they gave you a bonus of 25%, which means you actually had 3,000 rand going to the fund. It can only be used for education, at tertiary education, and when you eventually your children reach tertiary education you would get a certificate and that should fund certain of the fees maybe not all the fees I see that they've now stopping it in a few months time uh, I haven't read the documentation uh, I, they've given you options and I, I, I wasn't sure because I read it on my phone and that's not a great place to read I, I haven't printed it I'll tell you what I'll do I'll comment on it next week because a mm. lot of our listeners took my advice and went into Fundisa um, and originally anyone could um, anyone could go into Fundisa, and then they brought in a means test where uh, it was because it was meant really for people who were battling and it was unaffordable for mm. them to educate children. But um, I'll check up on that Fundisa because I think I did read that you can take the bonus um, and, and invest in a Nedbank fund, which would be a good alternative. Let me go to the phone lines. JM, you're calling us from Makanda, and you, you also want to talk about uh, Fundisa. That's correct. Good morning, Brian. Good morning um, to you. I, I just needed to find... I, I, I went through the, the, the options. I'm really also disappointed. I've got at least uh, eight years uh, looking at the age of the kids that I was saving these funds for. At least, you see. I'm saying at least because the eldest is 10. Um, the options that they are giving us are for switches. Now, my concern is... What about the bonus that the state was giving us when I was maxing the contribution annually? Brian, if you can look into that. Yeah, and the options that are available to us, which ones are those? And will, be, will they be having the same mechanism, save, save, saving mechanisms or the bonus structure as what we are having currently? I feel like it's, it's very it's short-charging us. So on, on your homework also, which other options are there for us? Those who are still having a long term, I think we are used to that by now. But now just cutting it off like that, I think it's a huge, huge, huge disadvantage for us. Okay, let me just make one comment. The Fondisa Fund 
I didn't like the Fundisa Fund from one aspect. It was vested in money market, and money market returns of 4 to 5%. You got that bonus, which was an exceptionally good. I did the calculation that if you invested that money in a unit trust and you got a 9 or 10% return, you would be equally as, as well off. So what you could do, what we're going to have a look at is what can you do with the money and where could you invest it? You're still talking about education eight years away for your 10-year-old, so that's fine. But let, let, me, let, me, let me read up on it and and I shall certainly comment on it next Tuesday. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, I have my own grandchildren in that, so I have a vested interest. <laughs> but I think because we are promoted it so strongly mm. for that organization, because it was a wonderful way uh, to save. And we've had so many thousands of people over the years that have joined Fundisa. Uh, I'll report back. All right. All right, GM, thanks for the call. Uh, Brian, I've got another question here, and it looks like the focus is really around uh, children. Uh, please ask Brian. I have two kids under four years old. I want to invest 5,000 Rand for each child locked until they're 20. What vehicle can I use? Long term is my goal. I was thinking Satrix because that's where I am for my personal investments. Well, I'm going to come and let you sit in my chair because you made the point Satrix. Look, understand Satrix is a room. As any insurance company, whether it be Liberty or Mutual or Sunlab, they're rooms. The, it's not about what you do. With it. There are many Satrix funds. And when you're taking a long-term time horizon, 15, 20-year time horizon, you want to be growth-orientated. And you want to have an exposure not only to South African companies, but you want to have an exposure to global companies. So you need to be in a growth, sat, growth Satrix. You go onto their website, www.satrix.co.za. Have a look at those funds, particularly growth-orientated. You want growth. That's it. You're not looking for income, you're looking for growth, and you want an expo some exposure to offshore companies as well. All right. Uh, we're going to continue the conversation with Brian. I've still got plenty of your voice notes, and we'll take a couple more calls. It's just after 10.30, and Musa has your latest news headlines. on SAFM. We're continuing to talk finance with Brian Hirsch. I tell you what, now that Brian is in studio, uh, I'm thinking that maybe, you know, we can just go on and on and on with the finance segment. So uh, we might propose, Brian, that you stay for an hour instead of half an hour, especially when you're in studio, because there's so much for us to cover. Uh, let me maybe try and take a couple of WhatsApp voice notes, uh, because I haven't been able to take any so far. And then we'll continue with the phone lines, too. I'll see how are you and the guest. Um, can you please ask the guest uh, interest-free savings, interest-free investments? Um, if I invest within that category of interest-free investments, when I get my returns, when, when, when I withdraw my, my investments, will I also not be charged tax on, 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 on that uh, interest? Great question. Yeah, tax-free savings account, which came in three years ago, allow anyone to contribute up to 36,000 rand a year, 3,000 rand a month, uh, and with a maximum of value of 500,000 over 16, 17 years. Let me explain to you the difference between tax-free savings and non-tax-free savings. When you're in a non-tax-free savings account, when you're in a unit trust, any capital gains made by that unit trust is taxable. Companies that are invested in, in the, uh, uh, where their shares, 
dividends tax of 20% is paid. It's called a withholding tax. And if the fund invests in property funds, there's REIT uh, income. That's taxable within the fund. And lastly, if there's money in a money market account or government bonds, that interest is taxable. If you go into a tax-free savings account, none of those taxes apply. Mm-hmm. So for someone who's put money away over a 15-year period and, and so in a tax-free saving versus someone who hasn't, a person in a tax-free saving will have about 20% more purely because of the tax saved. Mm-hmm. So when you're going into a tax-free saving, think carefully what your objective is, what is your time horizon. If it's long-term, 5, 10, 15 years, be much more growth-orientated within, because tax-free savings, all the companies offering it. Again, it's the room. Here you can buy tax-free saving from Sunlove. But it's what you what you put in, what the investments, how the money drips into the different funds. Great investment, tax-free saving, 36000 per person per year. Uh, Brian, do you think there's any likelihood of that threshold being lifted yeah. of 36000 Yeah, they've, they, they've lifted it every year from 30 to 33, from 33 to 36, mm-hmm. probably, go up to, probably go up to 39 or 40. I'm hoping, you know, because of our wonderful collections and taxes from our mining profits and all our exports, because we haven't imported that much, I'm just wondering, I, I know it's difficult because the country needs money and they, the government's looking everywhere. I'm just wondering if there, this may not be a slightly better budget than what we expect, but I'm, I'm doing some research, not mm-hmm. that anyone knows until the minister reads it out on Wednesday the 23rd, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping there'll be some relief and there could be more into tax saving. Remember one thing, a retirement annuity is where you, the contribution you made make is tax deductible before the 28th of February, whatever you've paid this year. And they also have within the fund, all ta- everything is tax saving. There's no tax payable. The difference with tax-free saving, you ask the question, when you get the money, it's completely tax-free. Under retirement duty, when you get their money, only up to one-third up to 500,000 is tax-free, and then it starts to ratchet up in terms of your taxes. So I don't think it's an or. I don't think people should be saying, I'm going to buy a retirement or tax-free saving. I think for saving, for long-term, you should be doing both. Okay. Speaking of retirement annuities, uh, Sipo from KZN is calling us, and uh, he wants to ask about that issue. Sipo, good morning. Hello, Sipo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, maybe it's a private company. I claim my retirement, retirement annuity through them or SARS. But they told me that once I claim my retirement, they're going to afford every papers to SARS. Uh, I claim 25,700 rand, they told me. Sipo? Sipo, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Yes. Uh, yes, start the story from, from, from scratch. Of course, be as brief as possible, but uh, start in the beginning. I think we missed part of what you were saying. Okay, great. but can you hear me now, ma'am? Yes, yes, we can. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. I said, uh, I wonder how much is it was that day because I had to get 25,700 rand, but it came back uh, 16,600. When I checked, the whole 9,003 rand where it's going to. Was through, was it through the company I applied for, or, or I take a retirement annuity with, or is it from South where they get so much money? Mm. Sepo, just a question. Did you withdraw from a retirement fund? No, it, 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 
Yes, but did you take 25,700 out? That was the money left. That was due for me. And, uh, but but w- uh, was this at retirement or at withdrawal? Was it, no, not was it a yes, a retirement now? Was it, a, it was a retirement well, now, which is due for me now, my choice now. Okay, my choice now, okay, okay. Yes. Seppo, very simply, when you retire a retirement annuity, firstly, the first 500,000 is tax-free unless you have already taken that 500,000 through retrenchment or anything else linked to that. But if you haven't, the first 500,000. So it sounds very strange when you say 25,700 and 9,000 rand is taxed. I can only tell you, when you retire or when you draw any money, SARS have the right to collect any outstanding taxes that you may have underpaid. And that is something that when you go for a tax director, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Because I'm not sure of, 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 of all the facts, I'm going to ask my producer just to take your phone number and I'll call you off air. Ah, super, super, super. All right, Thank simple. So sure, thanks Thank for calling so much, in. Man. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Brian, I've got one last question here for you, and uh, it's a rollover question, uh, our listener says, from last week. I've been, uh, I was retrenched at the start of the COVID-19. I'm 53 years old. I cashed in, I cashed in rather, my pension uh, to cover essentials and monthly retirement annuity contributions. I have another pension fund that I stopped paying 15 years ago, valued at 100,000. Would it be wise to cash this pension fund and transfer funds to RA to relieve, to relieve rather, uh, the burden of monthly retirement annuity while I'm unemployed? Well, one doesn't know how much money you took at fi- when, when you actually left the pension fund when you were 53. But, you know, I don't, and also one doesn't know how that 100,000 rand is invested. And it all depends on what that investment uh, uh, is about. If that investment is, you know, if that investment is growth orientated uh, and you're not planning to retire for 10 or 15 years, then you can leave it. But you need to find out how it's invested. If it's not, you can move it to a preservation fund, which is your own retirement annuity. There's no tax. It's tax neutral. You move from that retirement fund, you withdraw or you, or you, and you move it to a preservation fund, tax neutral. And then you can invest that money in, a vari- in various forms of investment, depending on your requirements. You do need to talk to a financial planner who can help have a look for you what's best for you with uh, you stopped your retirement annuity but however there would be money in your retirement annuity because it would you, it would have been called paid up at 53 you wouldn't have been able to draw unless it was b- below i think in the, then at 9000 it's now 15000 so that's what you need to do Brian, it's always a pleasure. Unfortunately, we've come to the end of our time. Very quickly for me, uh, how can people get in touch with yep. you? Yep, 11 Please leave all your numbers and your areas because I do try and call back during, a, it takes me about eight to 10 days. And then I, if I can't get hold of you, at least I can pass your name and uh, number onto someone in your area. Kathy, I see you kicking me out. I'm leaving. <laughs> Me kick you out never. I, I already told you I want you to stay for like a whole hour, but yeah, kick me n- out. Yeah, now kick I me have out. to kick you out yeah, because we've me. got a break then coming I, up. You know what happens? Then I'll have to come back. <laughs> See you next week. Brian. See you next week, Brian.